inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Good morning, listeners. You are listening to Outlook on Radio Western this morning. And today we have a guest, but we also have a tribute to start off our show today. So, uh, Brian, do you want to sort of take it away? or? Yeah, so just so listeners know, we're still recording from home. And just like to remind them every now and again. And you're listening to this live on, well, not really live, but you're listening to this on the air on the 19th of October, but we're recording it on the 15th, which is White Cane Day, as we talked about last week. But October 15th, coincidentally, we're recording right now, is actually um, two years ago to this day, um, we had a guest on the show, our second guest of the show ever, and I was on our fourth episode at the time, and this was Tom Decker, and unfortunately, um, recently he, uh, he passed away at the age of 68 of advanced stage four non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So very sad to, to hear about this. And we didn't know him that well, but had met him. Uh, I met him 15 years ago, actually, when I was getting into recording and um, in software with, with Sonar, with Windows at the time, and, and JAWS, the, the screen reading program. But he had that all set up at the time, so he, he met with me a few times to show me a few things with that, and then even came out to our house when I, where we grew up and, and uh, helped when I was setting up my computer. And then we didn't, talk, we didn't really connect for a long time. He moved out west to Victoria, British Columbia, and then in 2018, he was here visiting in London, and we had just started this show at the time, so... We had him on as, a, as our second guest in studio, and the episode turned out great. So I thought we would start off today's show to uh, commemorate such a, such a great guy by playing a little montage of clips from him on the show. Well, I was originally from Ontario, but I right. retired in 2014. I used to be a re rehabilitation teacher in Toronto, except that I taught iPhone for the last three or four years of it. So I guess I was more of an iHabilitation teacher, which is... Now the name of my company. My name's Tom Decker, by the way. And uh, now I'm sort of retired, but trying to go back into business and trying to promote political activities that uh, work on accessibility and that sort of thing. So it's all part of being, what do we call it? Semi-retired, I suppose. But I generally get bored by people. I'll be 67 in March, by the way. I'm an old thing. I, oh, I guess that's not old anymore. But... Not like too frankly, old now. A lot of people my age, I find boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good that you're still keeping it interesting. And, you can uh, admit that here. It's all right. I don't yeah, care. Absolutely. It's true. I don't worry about that anymore. I want to do my knitting. <laughs> <laughs> so that just gives you a bit of an idea of of who he was, and I don't know if you had any thoughts, Carrie, that you wanted to share, or we can talk. We can get our, we're going to get our guests' thoughts as well uh, on on Tom Decker. Yeah, I'd have to say that he was. Uh, if there's any famous blind people in Canada, I would say he would be one of them. I think he's just one of those people that a lot of blind people uh, around the country knew, at least. Uh, he was just a very memorable, memorable guy. And I did want to say that he was a regular contributor to uh, the Kelly and Company 
podcast or show every uh, weekday on AMI. It's Tuesday, every Tuesday, I, th- I believe. Yeah, he was on every day. The show was on every day. He he made a weekly appearance and he talked. He was ta- he was their tech guy. So as he the eye habilitation. So he started. Yeah. At, he actually went to music industry arts here, like I did in London. Um, and was a little bit into the music industry and was a great musician, but ended up uh, more so in the assistive technology and um, rehabilitation. And then it turned in with the iPhone. He taught what was called iHabilitation, he called his business. Um, and that's where he would teach blind blind people how to use the iPhone. And yeah, just, you know, even though he was, quote unquote, semi-retired, he kept up with things. And that was very inspiring just to see him at, at in his 60s, still keeping up with technology and doing all of this stuff and very inspirational guy um and rest in peace tom decker and thanks for everything and being on the show and uh one of these coming weeks when we have a repeat we'll play the episode that he was on in full you just heard a few clips from it but i think hearing the full episode would be a a nice tribute so our guest today is rob castro giovanni and uh we'll talk more about him uh coming up here on the show but rob do you want to say hi to the listeners and then let us um, know a bit of what you know of Tom uh, Decker? Okay. Um, hello, listeners. I am, as Carrie said, I am Rob Castro Giovanni, um, <clears throat> born and raised here in London, Ontario. And I met Tom in, uh, I think it was 2003, 2003, four, kind of that timeline. He was teaching. Uh, he was assisting at uh, the CNIB um, rehabilitation here in London, Ontario. Tom was really funny. He was a great impressionist. Mm-hmm. Really a good impressions of <clears throat> um, an old, you know, an, an old Jewish lady. He could be, you know, um, a Texan. You know, <laughs> he, uh, he 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 kind of sounded like. Um, well, he probably didn't realize that, but he kind of, he could, when he was doing his um, old Jewish lady impression, it kind of sounded like a little like Sheila Broflovsky on South Park. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> Good reference. Carrie and I are both South Park fans, so. Um. And what I remember about, and I remember Tom very, very well, actually, um, not just because I have a really good memory, but um, he's, if even if you don't have a good memory, he was probably... You probably remember. Yeah, he's stuck in your mind for sure. He was stuck in your mind. Quite the character. He had this thing that I was really interested in. in. Um, I think it's. Um, I'm not. I'm not really in touch with all the new Braille technology, or even because I'm still old fashioned. I got this Brailler right Brailler writer that is um, probably you know I got it when I was a teenager and I don't and. Uh, I um, had it since I was like 16, and I just, I grew up in the 80s and 90s, so I'm not up on this new technology like PacMates and Braille Days, <laughs> but they do sound interesting, and I, maybe I'll get it, because I've heard Carrie read iPhone stuff from Braille Display on this show, and it sounded really interesting to me. But anyway, Tom showed me it, and he put he put my hand along this thing and he'd press, he'd type the dots and then the dots would just come up on my finger and my thumb. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. And um, I used to email Tom like a lot, you know, Tom and I would email back and forth. And one day, which I wanted to talk about, Tom wrote the theme song Outlook 
He did. Yeah, we, were gonna, we didn't get to that yet, but that is a big point as well. And um, he wasn't a, just a great keyboardist. He was also a great guitar player. Um, I remember one time I had um, Chuck Belanger for guitar, another who passed away a few years ago, uh, March, actually on my birthday, March 24th of 2000. And I want to say 2000. And, 15 because i moved into this apartment in 2015 so and uh he um was also uh, one of the but <clears throat> this is i had chuck that day at uh, noon and i had uh, mary who tom was assisting at in the morning so i brought my guitar in and tom was playing and he was you know he was playing a lot of um awesome songs james i think he was playing james taylor hmm he was, but no, Tom was a really awesome musician. He was telling me all about his, which I never heard of was, I think it was an electric classical acoustic he was telling me about, but I'm not really sure on that. But Yeah, he no. was definitely up on all sorts of, and like you, like you pointed out, I mean, it's, it's hard for anyone to keep up with technology. And even me, like I had, I had an iPhone, but I had the same iPhone for seven years. Like I don't, I'm not the type that constantly gets the newest thing and to see someone like Tom in his sixties, like still up on all of the new technology and stuff. And, and it's just, it's, it's impressive to see that. And it's, it's just nice to see that someone's keeping up with everything. And, uh, well, Tom was, if, well, <clears throat> if it was, if anybody in that era could keep up on the new technology, it was certainly Tom. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and like, like you had mentioned there, Rob, he, uh, after, after he was on our show that day, uh, two years ago on October 15th, um, he, um, came back to my apartment after and I showed him my setup here and he, you know, I was the audio engineer. I did the re pressed record and he went to town on the, on my MIDI keyboard and layered all the parts there and uh, had our theme put together within less than an hour. So it was quite it was impressive it to was watch. Very impressive to see in, in action. I've know, always wanted one of those mini keyboards or MIDI keyboards that you were like, where do you get them? And you hooked it up to your computer, right? Yeah, I think you can get them from, pretty much any music store, I think, or probably computer stores, too. Okay, um, well, I don't actually have one. I was borrowing one from a friend at the time, but, um, yeah, I do. I would like to get I one someday as well. I have uh, E28 keyboard synthesizer, um, but, uh, you know, it's pretty good, and I, I got, like, uh, at least four keyboards, but, you know, they're <laughs> not Indian. None of them are portable. Awesome. Well, they're still still keyboards though, and I, I have like I have a I have a microcork synthesizer, which I think it might actually have MIDI capabilities. I've never used it for MIDI though. I just plug my headphones in and play around on, have, on the synth. I have a mini microcork synthesizer, which is the um, I actually have two small synths: my mini microcork and my mini Kawai. Oh, nice. Well, my mini Kawai I got from a neighbor who wasn't using it anymore. All right, you two audio music yeah, we're, geeks. We're off on our music <laughs> tangent, and Carrie, you've lost me. Carrie <laughs> has been learning the violin, but you're still not super musical. I guess you love I'm music, kind of, but I'm kind of on the fringes of the musical world. Yeah, I would say you're more than the average person, just because of you know. I have an interest and a passion uh, and a drive to know to learn, but I'm not quite as musically inclined as the two of you. But uh, yeah, Tom's theme. It was, it was just great. It's got such a nice, which you would have heard at the top of the show there. It's got such a great 70s vibe, I think. But it's so catchy, and we've had some comments on that before. So 
uh, he'll never now know how much we appreciate it that we'll always have our theme song to remember Tom by. Uh, but I also know it was it was a day just like today actually when he when he visited us it was rainy and w- the walk back from the bus that was fun. oh yeah yeah <laughs> we walked took him back to my apartment and uh, take took him on the bus and everything and it was pretty slushy out and yeah. rainy and not not the nicest day but um, yeah so. Going back to our, our guest today, um, we have Rob Castro Giovanni on the show, and uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about um, you you growing up, and um, so maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Were you born in London? I was. Um, <clears throat> I was born on March 24th, 1981, in uh, London, Ontario. Right on. Uh, but so another I... local guest on the show today, which is always great. Yeah, we we're trying to have some more local people as this 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 show is actually a podcast uh now on uh Apple Podcasts and Spotify and uh but we're also a radio show that gets broadcast as as we've said on uh 94.9 Radio Western in London Ontario here every Monday at 11. So um we appreciate having that and yeah um we want some local guests. So, um, also, you have a sister who's also blind, and I like to focus on that because, uh, as listeners might know, um, my co-host here is my brother, and so we are both um, two blind kids in a family of four. And uh, is it just you and your sister, Rob, or do you have siblings? Uh, no, it's just me and my sister. So that's an interesting bond that we like to talk about on the show from time to time. And um, we know several sibling pairs who were born blind, and it's most often that I've seen uh, a male and a female. Um, but uh, like you and your sister, what kind of relationship did you have? Do you have with your sister, and did you have growing up? It usually creates quite a bond. Uh, not always, but well, growing up, <clears throat> we're seven years apart. Wow. Yeah, it's a pretty big gap. She's because um... Carrie and I are three years apart, so. Uh... Yeah, that's a better uh, gap, I guess. Yeah. Or not a gap, as big of a gap. And, right, it makes but, a difference. Uh, getting along, uh, we had difficulty with that growing up because she wanted, my mom would have this black and white TV and my sister and I would have to share it. Mm. Back in the, those are the 90s problems, I guess, that people always had. No, or 80s, maybe, okay. in your case, yeah. Early 90s, you know. Yeah. We had black and white TV. Well, we had our own room as well. Right. You know, but uh, I had to go to her room to watch TV, um, and um, sometimes we didn't agree on what shows to watch. <laughs> and, um, we'd fight over the TV, we'd fight over, because I was always like, um, <clears throat> the normal little brother stuff, you know, mm-hmm. you have a big gap, I'd love to, it was our, you know, it's our duty as little brothers to kind of mess things up for our older siblings. That's right, right, Brian? Yeah, it's a regular family, family it's arguments not. and uh, all that childhood yeah, I mean, stuff. When she she'd go away because she was into going to friends' places for the weekend. We went to the same school in Brantford. I should probably uh, mention that too. Right. Mm-hmm. She'd go away, and I was like, "Oh, this is a perfect chance." Because me and her, we had to have the same things. If Jackie had a talking clock, I had to have one. If she had a talking <laughs> calculator. She got the sharp talking calculator in about 86, 87. I had to have one a few months later. Right. It was it was hard. It was not hard at Christmas time. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, you know. 
But, uh, well, we have different interests, but we're, when it comes to uh, the uh, uh, tech, the technical aids, it was the same um, thing. Um, she, you know, I used to like to, uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd be fascinated by the voices, so I used to like to play with my clock and calculator. So how would you say your relationship is now, all these years later? Has it, have you um, taken each other for granted? Do you guys see the value in each other now that you're grown? And Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't always see, like, you know, I see eye to eye, but I guess that uh -huh. uh, <laughs> with two blind people, it doesn't, uh, but figuratively, we don't see eye to eye on things. I mean, she's got, we got certain interests, some more outgoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's more stay-at-home kind of, just like keep to herself, which, you know, is not a bad thing considering since, you know, I've been out in the world and, you know, hmm. I'd rather. Of course, I mean, Brian and I have a lot of differences, but at the heart of it, I think it is a special thing when you do have a sibling who can understand, you know, how your, how your life can be affected by blindness in some ways, uh, sort of better than anyone else. Uh, well, if we want to visit each other, we don't have to go very far. We actually uh, wanted to tell the listeners, I don't know if you guys might know, we live in the same building. Yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of, that's interesting. So you can still, you're still close by that you can see her, but you're not living in the exact same apartment, I'm guessing, so. No, but we're not only just in the same building, but we're actually coincidentally one floor She's one floor below me. Oh, right, wow. right yeah. above you. Yeah, I'm right above. So uh, that's why I, part of the reason I put my white noise thing on my Google Home at night, so I don't have to listen to her. I've um, listen to her when we wake when we wake when she wakes up in the morning, and I'm still asleep. You know. <laughs> wow, how well can you hear? What's going on there? Um. Well, my room is like below or above. Can you pretty much lay on your floor and like talk? through the floor oh no but we used to back before we got um she got a laundry we used to talk in we used to go in the closet <laughs> our closet and we one time i heard she I play, she used to always do it especially when i'd play my guitar hmm. she'd go in the closet <laughs> she'd listen because she couldn't make out what i was playing but she'd listen hmm. and i remember pretending to have an audience and I'd go, woo, and she'd go back and go, woo, and I'm like, what the? <laughs> so, like, and I used to, I couldn't talk about her because she'd always use, go in her closet. Mm. <laughs> we'd, we'd yak back and forth in the closet sometimes. My closet, I'd be in my closet. She'd be in her closet. Wow. <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's something fun to think about, you know. Oh yeah, until she got the the washer dryer or uh. the dryer, uh, and then uh, that we could she couldn't fit that and her, you know. And I always had a freezer in the closet, but a deep freeze because that's the only place I could fit it. I don't have my last apartment. I lived on Fiddler's. Um, I didn't have. I had a bigger setup. I had a counter, more counter space. I had a baker's rack. Uh, as much as I love this apartment better, there are things I miss about my old one. Like, yeah, so I thought I'd, I'd kind of point out that, so so you you live by yourself, right? You don't, you're not living with someone. 
No, that, those days are over, thank God. Um, so yeah, I was going to just ask, how, how, how is it living on your own and what are the benefits of that and what maybe are any of the challenges of, of that as well? Oh, um, <clears throat> there are a lot more benefits than challenges. Um, I agree. I live are, on my own as well, so I, I can really... The benefits are, there are some challenges, like the benefits are, I don't have anybody telling me um, when to turn off the TV. Yeah, you're not on someone else's schedule at all. You're, you you make your own schedule, right? No parents, no sibling, no roommates. Oh, exactly. I remember when I had a roommate, he was quite older than me, and he was quite set in his ways, so I had to turn off the TV at like 10 o'clock. Mm. Yeah. But it's... I had my own TV, so I spent most of my time in my room. Right. He hated it when anybody would watch his TV. Um, but the benefits are, you know, you don't have to, you know, if you... Uh, you don't have to be told, you know, I can have pop at all hours of the night. I don't have to hear my mom say, you had enough pop? <laughs> yep. Brian and I like to talk about the times when we, yes, when we used to share a can of Coke. We have to ask permission from our parents back in the day. Oh, yeah. And especially now with this pandemic, yeah, sharing is very... Yeah, it's not really a recommended thing at this, at this moment. So what are some of the what are some of the challenges that you that you come across? Well, <clears throat> living with uh, living um, not so far from my parents, I should also tell you that it's actually funny because my sister lives on the first floor, I live on the second floor. But what we what I didn't mention, my grandmother lives on the third floor. Oh, really? Wow. It's like a yeah. it's like a family family house, like. Uh... <laughs> but sort of spread out a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Some of the challenges, because I am a messy guy, so if I make a mess, you know. I mean, if, if it's a big mess, like, if I, like, drop a, break a dish, I can always call my dad. Because he's yeah. not very far away, so. Yeah, those like, types of things can be tricky. I mean, even for me on my own, like, the one, the one night I mixed up, I was going to make... Um, salmon sandwiches so i mixed all this stuff up in a bowl in the glass bowl and then it fell off the table and there was salmon yeah. everywhere and glass and yeah. messes like that are tricky because you know it's spread everywhere and it's when you can't see what's where it uh it would be nice oh, those are times when it's nice to have someone around i guess to definitely like well <clears throat> yeah so um you guys like how do you guys like if you don't mind me asking? Do the show like do, when you're when it's not the pandemic because you live do you, like do you, you there's a bus that goes to London from Woodstock. Or? I I usually would just get a ride in. Uh, sometimes I would stay over a night or two at, at, in uh, in London there, and Brian and I would take the bus back and forth. Other times we'd just get a, a ride there back. because well, I thought your mom used to drive here. Yeah, yeah, so for our listeners that, that might not know, know, Carrie lives in Woodstock. I live in London, but Carrie lives in Woodstock. So yeah, she would get driven in for, for the show most Monday mornings, and then they would, with with our mom, and she would swing by here and pick me up, and then we'd go to the station, and then she'd pick us up. But other times, like Carrie said, she would stay over at my place the night before, and then her and I would just take the bus by ourselves to Western, because there's a bus right across the street from me that goes right to the, the university. Occasionally an Uber. Occasionally an Uber. Um, we weren't on time and it was getting late. It's actually convenient to have a bus that across the street that goes to Western. It is nice. I, yeah. I take the paratransit. Right. 
because there's a, it's a specialized transit because it's for um, people with physical. Yeah, Brian used to take that in Toronto when he'd have dialysis. Yeah, in London as well. I had, I had kidney, oh, yeah, in London. I have kidney failure. Well, right now I had a transplant, so I've been healthy with it. But I have kidney disease, so I was on dialysis. And at that point, traveling back and forth, it's just not healthy to be after a dialysis run to be taking a bus or anything. So I would take paratransit yeah. then. And uh, it was it was a great service for sure. I mean, it probably, it has its disadvantages too, I think. But oh, that's, that's, uh, as a, like, <clears throat> sometimes you could get, you know, you get a lot of awesome drivers, but sometimes you get the odd driver that just, you know, doesn't like to talk or whatever. For me, that's a bit of a minus because, you know, I love to talk and, yeah, that's one of the things that um, I've noticed, and I think me and you talked about it actually, Rob, briefly over over Facebook Messenger, is is how um, you, Carrie and I are a little bit more maybe introverted, and you're you're more extroverted, and I just think that's interesting to how different different some people are, and just just more of a personality thing that's that's different in, in people, and uh, um, yeah, just always I thought that's an interesting thing, and that that ties a lot into this pandemic, I think, where. Um, we don't want to spend the whole show talking about it, but I'm just kind of curious how that's how that's impacted your life for positive or negative. And um, I just I always think it's got to be harder for people that are maybe a little bit more extroverted than me um, to to deal with this distancing and everything. Well, I suppose I'd call myself an introvert extrovert, meaning that. Um... Yeah, I don't I don't like categorizing it specifically one way or the other because it can be a bit of both sometimes, right? Usually, I'm, yeah. I'm a bit of both because. I've learned, you know, that I sometimes it's better to be by yourself than be with people who uh, don't want to, you know, communicate with you or, you know. Yeah, it's hard to find people who we can understand who understand us. And, um, but I, yeah, I, I assume that the pandemic, from what I've heard from you, is easy in some ways. Uh, but, you know, everything's online now. So is that... Are you enjoying that, or do you have some issues with it? I'm definitely enjoying the online. The only issues I have is if Zoom like cuts out. But, mm -hmm. so. Right, and that's an issue anyone but, anyone could have. But um. issues, as in issues with the activities, no, not really. Uh, uh, Community Living London. <clears throat> I want to give them a because we're talking about the activities. I want to give them a shout because they've been awesome during this pandemic. Yeah, why don't why don't you talk a little bit about them and what they've what they've done? Well, I get supported by something that's called the CSP program, which it allows me to live on my own. But uh, there are um, there are two programs, like well, probably more, but the main ones are CSP and accommodations. And accommodations are for people who live in um, well, some people would say group homes, but a lot of people like you know like to be politically correct and they'll say houses, you know, as opposed to group homes, and those are the people who um, have trouble, um, you know, managing the day-to-day, -day, like, you know. Right. So that's a program for them, and, they, and they've been really good. They have um, really good about their activities. Like, there's a lot of volunteers, like yesterday. I went to a karaoke uh, thing, and it's every Wednesday at 2 o'clock. It's um, for an hour, because he's got the Zoom that's um, licensed. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and um, I was like, he was like really good. He has an actual karaoke machine, and it actually is like sitting on the couch and being in your own karaoke and being in a karaoke bar while sitting on while having the comforts of your own couch. 
Right. And you don't have to worry about booking the, the trans, um, the paratransit, your, your paratransit. And, Oh, that's another thing. There's, um, another girl, a woman on Friday afternoon, she has a thing called, uh, Glee. And actually that's how it started. Cause, um, where she'd sing and play the piano, we'd sing uh, songs. And it's Friday afternoons from 1 till about 2.15, 1.30 till about 2.30. And she sings like songs like Backstreet Boys and, um, you know, songs. We'd request songs. The same with um, Healing Tones, which is the karaoke program. But I got to say, I mean, and so has Lars London. They've been also awesome. Uh, my friend Laurel um, runs music program. Yeah, it's great that we're talking about music more on this show as we've been doing uh, recently. So we're going to continue to, to discuss this after uh, we're going to take a little break here for some ads. We're speaking with Rob Castro Giovanni here today on Outlook, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. You are listening to Outlook on Radio Western this morning, and uh, we are here speaking with our guest. Rob Castro Giovanni, and I have to say, I love saying your name. It's got such a fun ring to it. Well, a lot of people have. I used to have a worker who would love to say Rob Castro Giovanni every time. <laughs> uh, so, so Rob, I uh, I don't think I knew you really. I'd heard people. Yeah, I was gonna say um, we had a mutual friend, Stephen Potter, and and things like that. He's well, been I on our show as well. At, um, CFB. Um, that, and at the time we were at Chaucer's and you shared yeah. shared with a spring roll with me or something. Right. So a couple so, of years ago. Yeah. Sorry, Carrie, go on. <laughs> well, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say the first time, the, the, the well, time in recent memory that I really came in contact with you again is locally when Brian and, and Brian's friend Matt and I went out to a, a bar somewhere. No, this and was... you you were performing. Oh, right, right. Yeah, you, you were playing at an open mic the one time. I think we just yeah. missed you that night, though. Um, we heard you were playing. My, my friend had mentioned that you were playing, but then uh, we got there a little late. But I yeah. see, see, growing up as kids, we had heard I'd heard your heard of you just through our, our, our mutual friend, um, Stephen. Oh, yeah, we went to school. We went to school. Right. You went mm-hmm. to school with Stephen. So so we we'd heard of you through him, but never I don't I believe to... really met you. I went to school with um, some of the people you know. Mm-hmm. Um, right, as as Rob mentioned, you went to the the school in Brantford here in Ontario, the W. Ross McDonald School. So, um, so yeah, we always knew, we always knew of you as our friend went there as well. But um, it's it was nice a couple of years ago with the CFB and the social that you were able to come out and to finally get to connect with you again and um just be have someone that's local that i know who's who's also blind is is really is really nice oh yeah so what can you can you see anything at all rob or are you completely blind Um, lights like um daytime and nighttime i can so kind of like brian and yeah so more like me every day light perception where you can can see light it was tough when i was little because you know when you're little you take naps um you're really little and when nighttime would hit, it would kind of feel weird. Yeah, blind blind children and some adults they have trouble um, with their internal clock sort of thing when you you can't necessarily see. Um, yeah, it's the patterns of the of the sun that that. Um, but you know what's what's funny is that no one knew. Even when my sister was blind, I still had to get test after test because mm-hmm. no one knew. You know, they didn't find out. I was blind until I was like four, five, six, somewhere around that. Oh, really? 
Well, I was supposed to come out sighted. I was supposed to turn out sighted. My uh, my mom and dad have the same, what they call the same augmentative gene. Mm-hmm. And I think the doctor, I don't know how, but my mom, but my sister was going to be blind for sure. And I think I was supposed to turn out sighted, but it didn't turn out that way, which is okay. And what's the, um, you, what's the uh, condition that you were diagnosed with? Fortunately, I don't know what it's called. That's all, That's okay. Um, yeah, not, not everybody does. I'm just always curious, but yeah, not everyone does. And there are so many different types of, of causes for blindness that... Uh... But we met you, like I said, or we heard you playing there in that bar. So obviously you're, you're big into music, as we sort of hinted yeah. at. Um, what is music meant to you? And like what, what, so what kind of things do you play? And, and what does music mean to you in your life? Oh, I um, I like to play, um, you know, folk kind of folk rock kind of thing. Music just means. Well, when I was little, I was always into the guitar. Uh, Same here. Um, my dad put one in my hand when I was about three. Four, oh wow, that's younger than me. Um. So, and my sister had one because she was just into uh, the sound. So I would pluck the strings. I wish, I really wish that, you know, I learned more about the guitar. Um, because some people do learn at a young age, like, how to hold the guitar. Like, um, no, I learned when I was 13, finally, but... Uh, so have you ever had lessons, or have you? is, is it all self-taught, kind of? Oh, uh, both. I've had lessons. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'm going to echo um, someone I heard interviewed because we had the same thought. Um um, I was listening to the Jerry Springer podcast because he has a podcast where he interviews people. Or he doesn't interview people usually, but he was interviewing this one musician, Girth Morlix. Um, he's not very well known, but he's a musician in Buffalo. He's global, but um, not. Anyway, he was saying um, and I that he didn't like his lessons because the teacher was showing him what he what the teacher wanted him to learn mm-hmm. and not what he wanted to learn so he he did something that i wish i could have done ran away after the first lesson decided <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong i love my guitar teacher but he was not i believe he you know he was te- you know like the kids songs and all that stuff he was like oh you're gonna learn this you're gonna learn that but i uh, feel like my potential when i was younger was wasted like, say, I remember when I went to volunteer at the Wisdom Music Academy, which is a school-slash-store, and uh, back at that time, it was at Sherwood Forest. They still have, I, I don't know how many locations they have now, but uh, I volunteered at the Sherwood Forest location. And I was amazed on the method that um, Carl was um, teaching, uh, was uh, having the students learn. He was the owner of the store. Yeah, teaching is a tricky thing, right, Brian? You you taught guitar briefly, didn't you? Yeah, just to a friend of mine, actually. Yeah, um, and it's it's yeah. like anything. Teaching teaching in general is a is definitely a quite the skill. Well, I'd love I'd love to get some tips because I'm I'm thinking of teaching guitar like as a um, way to make some extra cash. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, one thing I was going to ask too. So, how do you? Um, I think you play a guitar. From what I've heard, I think you play it the way um, most people play it. Is that right? Like you play yes. it. Um, whereas for me, um, our listeners, I haven't mentioned talked about it too much on the show. We it did come up recently on a recent show, but how I've always played the guitar flat on my lap, 
Um, and again, that's kind of like what you touched on where seeing a guitar around as a kid, finding one, you couldn't see how someone else is playing it. So it's hard to know originally unless you're shown, I think I would think. Um, and I just never was really shown and I just kind of picked it up that way. And that's how I always play it. And it's, it's one of those things that I just find interesting that, uh, well, you're not the only one who plays on his lap. There is one that I really, and I'll mention why I don't like to, um, talk about him much. Jeff Healy. Yeah. That's, that's one of those things that comes up and it's always a situation for me when, with that, where it's, and, um, I'm always, I'm often compared to him cause I play flat on my oh, lap. And, yeah. And that's yeah. something that really grates my cheese. <laughs> uh, if you don't mind the metaphor, I, I don't like to be compared to, like, I've been compared negatively and positively, but I don't like to. And I met Jeff Healy, um, I don't really want to. Yeah, I heard he came to your school. Is that no, where you met him? Or? He went there when he was a kid, but um, mm. I really don't want to trash him, but I'm going to say that he didn't give off the most um, greatest vibes. And I have heard that he was nice from someone told me that he was nice before he broke in. Well, it's like, it's like when a lot of blind, uh, guys specifically are just compared to Stevie wonder just because he's the, the only famous blind person or man or the musician they know. So, you know, uh, yeah, but there's also, uh, Andrea Bocelli. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, well. God, I love to say that. I can't wait to hear that on the air. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you do say that very well, which is uh, thank you. Is, is cool uh, to hear. Um, but it is. It always comes back to that thing about being compared to other people, and generally with music, I don't really. There's nothing wrong with it, and I get sometimes why people do it for a reference. But I find I generally don't compare music to other music too often because I I feel like everyone speaks for themselves, and I don't really like to say, oh, I've, you must like this person or you must like this because it's. Everyone's different, so. Exactly. I was interviewed um, a few years ago. They had, um, it was the last year they had in London, um, what was it? Um, London Fuse, Fuse Aid. And it was at uh, the Richmond. And uh, I was interviewed, be- I didn't get to perform, but I was interviewed because I wanted to get an interview. And I was telling them, um, I was telling the interviewer that I'm tired of getting compared to Jeff Healy. I'm not Jeff Healy. I'll never be Jeff Healy. Of yeah, me, it's, you know? I, I'm kind of the same way. I just like, and if I could get and any blind musicians that are listening to this, if you could take away from this uh, what I'm saying, uh, if I could give you some advice, don't let anybody compare you to anyone. Just be yourself and be proud of that. And I have a hard time following that, but uh, mm. yeah, it's kind of a natural thing that I think anyone own. does to some extent is compare something to something else that they can relate two things to some sort of a connection that someone can make in their minds. But I, I agree in that sense that I don't think comparing is always the best because it's, I just think it's, it's better to look at someone else for who they are instead of saying they're like something they're trying to. Exactly. Um, before I get on now, I would like to touch on, uh, speaking of going to school, I'm also a writer as well as a musician. Awesome. Yeah. Carrie is also a writer and, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that was going to say now me and, um, you were talking about the music and Carrie was in the background and now, uh, it's Carrie's turn to, <laughs> you know, shine a little cause um, we're talking about the writing now. So, uh, what kind of things do you write? Oh, I like to write like, um, you write song lyrics, right? I write song lyrics, but I'm also writing a book called Behind the Walls of W. Ross McDonald, Memoirs of a Lonely Kid. 
Wow. Yeah, I heard. I've seen it. I have you on my Facebook, so I've seen a little bit about you. You're writing a book, so that's that's exciting. I mean, it sounds like quite the project. I'm sure that's. I've oh, never written is. a book, I mean, so it's. Uh... It's taken years so far because you gotta like try to remember all of your life because I don't want to skimp on anything because this is fact, not fiction. Right. And I'm trying to piece together. I think one of the other. Um, it was funny a couple of years ago. You mentioned the CFP. We mentioned the CFP. Um, another uh, person that um, you know, you um, uh, your friend of yours was helping me piece together. Um, you know, because I um, I'm writing about the abuse I faced, and uh, she remembered uh, if I could talk about that. She remembered how I was pushed into a pine tree, and I did not remember the exact tree where I was pushed in. So, yeah, it's hard to write memoir and things like that because. Memory is so um, fluid, and you know, one person remembers something totally different from another one. But uh, but I remember. But I was thinking back on it, and it felt. And I was wondering why it was so sharp. Pine trees are sharp. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's, it can be. There's there's actually a pine tree on my uh, street here that uh, <laughs> they don't always trim. So when I'm walking to the bus, sometimes it'll smack me on the forehead and it's Whoa. especially when it's cold and it's covered in snow and it's oh. it's hit my eye before actually and it like hurt oh. really really you bad, need to but. talk to somebody about that <laughs> yes really you do because your that, trees that's trimming trees because it's not really fun enough but it's nice when someone can help you piece together like uh what happened because i remember bits and pieces of uh, i mean i don't remember just bits and pieces i remember um you know, but I want to make sure I'm, you know, I'm saying it in a way that, at the same time, because I don't want to, because do, if I'm, if I skimp on it, if I say something that isn't true, it discredits me as the writer. And I, right. And For I sure. And that's why it is great to have other people that were around at the time to be able to, to relate to and different people to help edit and, and discuss certain parts just so that, yeah, you are, you are, you do have other sources and you're not, you know, just totally doing this from one person because exactly. it's, so I was saying when you were singing, uh, when you were saying, oh, I've heard about you from other people, I was like, oh, my God, good things, I hope. <laughs> well, um, we do like, we do want to talk more about, um, at some future point, about Schools for the Blind. We talk occasionally about how Brian and I were both integrated in our schools and our in our own hometowns and things. But it is a, a big topic that we'll probably want to get into i like that i like that i uh, wish you know that i was integrated because i felt isolated and um yeah and i mean that's always something that we 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 touch on the on this show anytime we have someone who's blind on the show just to get the 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 comparison to both and it's like anything in life where both have their advantages and disadvantages and it's uh um it's an interesting thing that we'll definitely get into in more detail on a future show or, or yeah, sometime when this, when you do get this book released, we'd love to have you on the show. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, and I would like to talk about music again. Um, you were mentioning on the commercial and I'd like to talk about is my website and why I'm doing it. Yeah. We want to make sure we get that plug, uh, plug that in before we yeah, so run for out our, of time here. Our listeners, um, you are listening to outlook here on radio Western and we are speaking with Rob Castro Giovanni, local London resident here. And we have uh, just under 15 minutes left, so we still have still have a good chunk of time. Um, before we before we do get into the the uh, upcoming website and everything, I just wanted to not to not to get get off the writing discussion. We can always get back to that. But I was just curious. Along with the guitar, you do play you play other instruments as well, right? Maybe speak yes, a little actually, bit about that. 
My first instrument, when I was five, I picked up the harmonica. Uh, my sister had one of them, too. My sister's also a musician, um, but she, not really like me, she lost interest. Uh, she used to play piano. Mm -hmm. and, uh, she was played flute, mm. and, but uh, she, would, she was good at them. Because my grandpa's girlfriend at the time had a flute, and she wanted to learn it. So, and she had two flutes, so she gave my sister one of her flutes and kept the other one. Yeah, our, our last guest, uh, Patricia, plays the flute. So, oh, really? it's, yeah, a, it's gonna, a pretty instrument. I'm gonna go back and um, to that episode. Um, I gotta figure out what number, uh, you know, because I want to make sure. But you recently um, started playing, I, I believe, recently started playing the saxophone. You got you got yourself one, right? Yes, I did. And uh, that was like because I always wanted to play one. Uh, Just like Lisa Simpson. Actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because I think she's the reason I wanted to Yeah. I wanted to learn sax in, in music in, in ninth grade, but uh, other kids took them. Yeah, that was one I of those instruments there. that a lot of people grab, gravitated towards. Really, that's the, the joys of uh, high school in music, you know? Yep. Someone else is always going to grab the one that you like. Yeah, right. Right. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, have you found how have you found getting getting a saxophone? Because I, you know, I I have never played one, and uh, I was just kind of curious about. It's not as hard as people, and if you re are dedicated and all, but I get a sound out of it. But um, it's really um, it's hard to know, like to position, like how to position your mouth, how to position. Yeah, that's what Patricia that we just mentioned on, who's on a couple weeks ago, she she spoke about the, the flute, how getting the proper amateur and stuff was really, is, is really tricky when you can't see because people, most people can just look at someone else doing it or look at themselves in the mirror while they're trying to replicate it. Whereas when you can't see, it's, it's tough to get the exact proper shape in your mouth and the right amount of pressure. And that's what I noticed too when I, when I attempted to play the trumpet in high school, it was... I was used to playing the guitar with my hands, so using using air to play an instrument is a totally different. Uh... Well, well, I definitely, I definitely have no problem with air. It's just uh... <laughs> you're full, you're full of air. Yeah, I'm full of hot air, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I love my saxophone. I put it around because it's an alto, like it's not as big as a tenor or whatever. But I can play it. I play with it around my neck. Some probably hold it but i like mm -hmm. it with the socks around my neck it's easier for me and it, the flute and the saxophone like i learned from the one the one guy who i bought the sax he's a sax player so uh he taught me how to hold it and how to play it. and the position your key your hands with the keys is the same with the saxophone you have the bought the right keys and the left keys um mm -hmm. but uh yeah the air and the embouchure it's really um really important um and, yeah i think uh, that's so that's so great that you are picking that up and at an older age it's still it's never too late as, as well, it's never too late. i was just at an open mic which is another zoom event where this guy um uh, uh, in open mic in michigan i go to every tuesday night nice and this guy was learning the guitar five weeks ago and already in that at 56 he can play a few chords and yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's just uh, dedication and keeping at it. So, all right. Well, I think uh, we can switch over now, if if, if you'd like, to the yes. this, this website that you've been working on. Um, perhaps okay, talk well, a little bit about actually, that. Actually, uh, the credit goes to um, Collective Ways Marketing uh, uh, 
Collective Ways, they've been helping me, my friend Jordan from Collective Ways has been helping me. Uh, he's the one who's uh, behind building the website. I'm just the one. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot of us. I, I kind of want to have a website actually myself, but I've never made had a website so i don't really know the best way to do it either so it's uh i'm using this advertising marketing uh, agency called collective ways right on and how did you find them just I a friend found them at a networking meeting oh. i used to go to this uh, millennial network meeting groups they used to have them and i met this guy there who um you know and i played some guitar at one of the meetings and i um and you know, i met this i met jordan and um He's the one that has collective ways, and I told him, well, I've been like, I actually wanted to start this a few years ago, but I had some overwhelming trauma with a partner, so I had to cut her kind of loose and do my own thing while she did her own thing. So what's this called, then, this project, this, this website? This website will be called themelodychamber.com. Oh, pretty. Nice. We'll, uh, we'll keep, our, keep our listeners posted once it is up and available. Oh, I know you're still finishing that now, but... Uh, because it's a uh, melody chamber. That's the name of my new company. Awesome. Huh? And what's the what are the overall goals of the of your of your new company? Oh, well, I, I'm glad you asked because I wanted to get into that. I always found being in the music industry uh, for me at least was a little toxic. Like music itself is good, but they respect the, or the lack of. So my goal is to get people. Well, it's for everybody. Um, basically, though, it's for I've, I started it for the main goal of having people who aren't heard, who don't feel like respected, and who don't feel feel like their talents are being passed by. Mm -hmm. Because I found music can be really hard, and you get the um, musicians who think they're better than everybody else. Yeah, well, there like, can be there can be egos involved. Yeah, it's like any, it's like a lot of businesses where there's there's always competition and it's it's unfortunate but it's there's it's yeah. always out there too um so but, again uh, yeah i guess again focusing on your own self and your own you, what makes you unique as a musician is is what you got to do so that sounds like what you're doing here um i will say for my business the egos will check at the door that's, right that's awesome I, yeah but yeah, you're hoping you're hoping to help others with this website yeah i'm hoping um yes to help others and i'm also hoping that because there's a lot of fighting in the music industry and tearing each other down, I will, it'll be, um, th there won't be any of that. No Let's build each other back up. Let's build each other up. Um, I will say, I it will be inclusive, but I do have strict guidelines. Right. Hurt, and, um, and since nobody else feels the pain that I have, there will be strict guidelines. Like, there'll be no saying, there'll be no... Um, tearing each other down they'll be only building each other up and there won't be any narcissistic um, attitudes like i'm better than you are you'll you're i'm more advanced than you are there won't be any of that um that's why i said any attitudes and egos you check them at the door so are you going to have this um list of criteria on the website or is it going to kind of be discussed uh, behind the scenes um, I'm not sure. I told, um, Jordan what I wanted to say on the website, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, um, I told him that my criteria is, um, what the criteria is. And, um, so I'll, it will say serious inquiries. Yeah. I mean, right. I don't know. They're 
not sure what it'll be like in the end, but if there's a, some sort of a process, if someone wants to, to sign up for the website or if they're, depending if you have a community on there or something, you can have a, you know, like a, like a Facebook group does where they ask you a series yeah. of questions and you have to accept someone kind of thing, like yeah. something like that, right? Where it's a, uh, so they know what, what the terms are up front and it's uh definitely um, but at the end it's it'll be your website so yeah it'll be sort of yeah you'll have control over that and if there is anything going on that's negative or isn't uh isn't what you're going for you can easily uh you know yeah i uh, i would like to have um a whole environment uh um um you know not uh, where because like i found music for me was pretty toxic and i want less toxicity more of um you know, let's 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 be a community. Let's um, let's lift each other up. Let's be a family. So, will you have like live shows? I'm planning on them. Yeah, the site or I'm planning on doing that. Yeah, that's Jam sessions. I really want to do. Um, someone has said um, that I should, no pun intended, have one of those blind auditions where um, mm -hmm. you put people behind a curtain. And you, they sing, and you don't see the people that the bar owners do not see them. They mm. just sing, and they hear, they just hear you. Right. That's a and that's all. a really interesting idea, yeah. Because it's anyone who's in the music industry knows and and stuff that that looks are a big part of it, and it's uh, it's one of those things that I I can see to it a, to a degree, but at the same time, it's it does. It's about the music. Yeah, it, pre, it definitely causes a um, some judgment and stuff like that, and so to take that out of the equation is uh makes makes a lot of sense to me definitely that's uh definite you hit the nail right on the head there when you said that um i couldn't have put it better myself but as it's COVID times you know we are hoping for a day again when we can go back to you know what we used to do going out and live shows and all these things definitely. but you know, and also it's, but it's good at, as we are now, uh, virtual and everything, it's good to have something like this to focus on. So I think it's great that you've come up with something that you can really kind of put your, your heart and soul into now. Well, the Melody Chamber, I credit to uh, Jordan because he was, he liked that. I, he wanted, he asked me what my ideas were and I'd go back to what I thought I wanted to. Actually, at first, I think I had the idea of calling it uh, Misfit productions because i always mm -hmm. felt like fit in the music scene right. but um uh, going back i i kept going back to the melody chamber and his suggestion and i liked it yeah it's very upbeat and it, it sounds welcoming and really pr pretty and well, something definitely. you might want to join so yes yes and um my problem is i'm trying to think about what membership i should charge i mean because I, I don't want to charge too much but um mm -hmm. too either i need to as much as I hate to say this, because this is not about money. This is about uh, togetherness and community and and uh, forging yeah, good relationships, good music. Uh, but, mm -hmm. it, but at the end of the day, I'm on ODSP. I need money. You know, we all need money. We all do, yeah. And it's it, uh, it is it is always a balance. You don't. You don't like saying I don't like saying oh I'm in music for the money, but at the same time it's you're spending a lot of time into it, so exactly. You so want to have something. Uh, maybe yeah. um, well, you know, I'm trying to figure out because the average. I asked my Google Home. I like to call it Google Home because if I call it Hey Google, it's gonna start yapping. Um, <laughs> I asked my Google Home, and it said I think the average membership you charge is fifteen to twenty bucks. Uh. I don't know, like. 
I thought of five, ten bucks. I don't want to make people not want to come, but uh. yeah, it's always hard to 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 set a price, and it's 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 the same thing when you're doing uh, any sort of music related stuff where you're contracting or you're just picking a setting a price. It's a tough thing, but um, we are kind of we are running out of time here. We're down to our last minute or so on the show. So we've been speaking with Rob Castro Giovanni. So I just wanted to know if there's any final things you wanted to say, anything you wanted to plug. For our oh, listeners. I just want to tell people where they can find me. Absolutely. Sure. Because I'm not hard to find. Um, for my music page, uh, it is called Rob Key Castro Giovanni, but I set it so that it'll be easier to find. You go just go to facebook.com slash Rob CTG, and the T was because you know a computer, it, uh, this T was an accidental thing. <laughs> I wanted to say Rob CG. Mm hmm. Someone called me that, but right. uh, so I liked it. So it's facebook.com slash Rob CTG. CTG. Okay, perfect. And uh, for my writer's page, well, I changed it into an everything uh, uh, page, my motivational speaking, my um, talk. Uh, you can find me at facebook.com slash Rob Castro Giovanni author. You want to spell your last name quick? It's C-A-S-T-R-O. G-I-O-V-A-N-N-I. And you can also find me at, well, if it's ready, hopefully it'll be ready by the time the show airs, themelodychamber.com or maybe um, facebook.com slash themelodychamber. We'll see how you know, things go. So I'm not hard to find. Great. Great. And we'll promote the website once it is up as well. So uh, thanks again for coming on the show. And... Oh, no, the pleasure was all mine. I was super excited to do it. Yeah, we'll awesome. have you back again. Thanks. Oh, thank you. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.